Welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by and uh, ignore it. Yeah, look at the ones that came out on the exact same day. My name is Lincoln. I'm out here with my man Sam. Uh, we're both comics out here in London. We love movies and um, we've got some doozies today. But uh, you already know that if you're a fan of uh, B Plot. Uh, this is a very big moment, though. Mm. Very big moment, Sam. Um, we are recording live, as it were, face to face for the first time, pretty much ever. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. This is the one. Yeah, this is crazy. This um, podcast was born out of, uh, you know, kind of the height of lockdown when uh, we're all stuck indoors. And um, as such, Sam and I have been recording remotely. Um, but yeah, today, man, in living color, in Sam's neighborhood. Yeah, what are your thoughts? What are your immediate thoughts? My immediate thoughts, tough neighborhood, tough yeah. neighborhood. Like I felt, I felt at home, uh, first thing. Um, lots of uh, roadmen, lots of people wearing matching tracksuits, <laughs> lots, yeah. lots of people just uh, loitering. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone should phone the police. <laughs> There's really not much to do here other than loiter, but it gets, we got this like, we got this nice road anyway. But it's also a special day because this is our first request. Yes, this is true. You um, you got a request from a friend, if I'm not correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to Alex Devro who who picked both of these uh, movies, uh, the 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 B movie of which is particularly hard to find. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We've you've, we've gone on too far already. The two movies that we picked today: Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Um, the Jim Carrey vehicle, 1992, a great year for uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, the second one, uh, a not so great year, it would be for the likes of Patrick Stewart, who uh, has a rough time of it in this one. A movie called Gunman, yeah, um, starring Mario Van Peebles, Dennis Leary, shock, shockingly, Eric B. <laughs> Eric B. Ra- Eric B. And Rakim, yeah. Big Daddy Kane, and apparently Dr. Dre. That might be an un. There might be an unformed credit because uh, we could not spot Dr. Dre. Um, but yeah, before we go into that, um, just fucking craziness, we should uh, we should get started with Ace Ventura, uh, Pet Detective. Now, this is a movie you would have probably seen as a kid, Sam. A lot, yeah. A lot? The first one? Yeah, yeah. So the f- well, I saw the second one more, for sure, mm. when Nature Calls. But I haven't seen either of these movies since I was a kid. The either of the Ace Ventura movies. Yeah, I have a way bigger memory of Ace Ventura when Nature Calls than I do of Pet Detective. I find Pet Detective is actually a, probably a worse movie. Yeah, for sure. The gags are weaker than um, than the second one. But um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Jim Carrey, like r- relationship to him, his joints. What do you think of his? Uh, of that kind of output because i mean this guy was huge early 90s stuff yeah 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 well that was the that was the like leaving snl and going into big big movies um my relationship with jim Carrey. i mean the thing that i loved him for was the mask which is something we have to do on this podcast one day oh, yeah, we'll, do it. we'll get to it we'll but get to it. um used to love the, like that the cable guy liar liar it was just, yeah. You know I mean, it was just. Yeah. It, it, Jim Carrey always reminds me of like Sunday night. Like it's the last film you watch before you have, before you have to go back to school on Monday. Yeah. It really feels like that kind of. Did Did I say nineteen ninety two? Because I meant nineteen ninety four. Was this ninety four? I think this might be ninety four. Right. right. Because yeah. I'm looking at uh, the Wikipedia page, and as you know, you know, in Wikipedia we trust uh, gang gang. 
1994, man, what a year. Mm. Ace Ventura, Pit Detective, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. Oh, shit, yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Crushed it. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. fuck it. That was, I mean, that's the year that, like, the end of that year is like, none of my kids will have to work again. <laughs> none of my kids' kids will have to work again. Yeah, that, well, that was, I mean, Dumb and Dumber was like, for us, I'm sure you had this where that, that was your introduction to Jeff Daniels. Yes. So I I thought that he was always like this kind of like dumb, less famous comedy guy. Yeah, I mean, that it was a weird year for Jeff Daniels as well, because I'm sure he did Speed that year. No, the film. Yeah. yeah I don't think he... Jeff Daniels was snorting amphetamine to yeah. get through Dumb and Dumb. Although you don't know his truth. You don't know his truth, Sam. He might have done yeah. that. That's what he probably needed to do. Um, but yeah, a couple of highlights from Ace Ventura. Jim Carrey's performance. I fucked with it heavy. Um just because he's so over the top every single time. Yeah. Every single time. It's not real. It's insane. Le- Le- like yeah. all of that. He is invested yeah. in every scene. Also, Courtney Cox looks uh, looks good. Her arms jacked up. But, you know, lady jacked up. Like Michelle Obama. Man, I, dude, this is a this is a tough one. I won't lie. Uh, shout out to your man. What's your man's name? Alex Devro. Shout out to you, Alex. Uh, this will be your last pick, my man. <laughs> so, don't don't ask for another one. <laughs> you you picked a doozy. Because um, I tell you what, Ace Ventura. It was like ninety minutes long. Um, I was watching that. My roommates come in. Um, I felt the resentment, <laughs> the uh, bordering bordering on fury of having this being thrust into their lives um they did not like it also if you don't buy into jim carrey like immediately it's the worst shit it's like it's it's like if you don't buy into it if you're not all the way in it's just imagine like you're at a party yeah and someone comes up and it's just like behaves like that you're gonna be like this this is a homicide like i'm gonna (laughs) gonna call the police but this is the other thing, right? Is that I remember when I was a kid, I loved this movie. I loved Jim Carrey and everything he did. Watching it now as an adult, I felt like annoyed. And I think this is one of the things I spared my flatmates watching this one with me because they are younger. So they would have both been born after this movie mm-hmm. was, was released. And I don't know about you, but I remember seeing it like not that long after it was released when it came out on video. Yeah, that was when I would have watched it. And like retrospectively now, this is just like a 90 minute hate crime as like casual entertainment. Yeah. And I think the generations younger than us are like, they don't, uh, what's the the way I'm trying to say it is, th- they'll have their like cancel moments. Do you know what I mean? They'll have their things that they grew up and they like later cancel, but I don't think there'll be anything quite as mainstream as Ace Ventura. That is as, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So there's a big... Um, it's really like transphobic. Uh, the the conclusion of the movie is is is, is, is very transphobic. Um, it's something that you know it's odd how these things happen. Like even if you weren't invested in it, but there's like it's underneath the culture because I can remember a bunch of movies doing this. The Crying Game did this. I'm sure there's another movie that did this as well, where like people moving between genders mm-hmm. is the the reveal. Yeah. Just because it's like impossible to see this coming yeah, in a, in a story yeah, yeah. so like it's um it's a thing that happened but um yeah basically the conclusion of of um Ace Ventura Pet Detective is um 
that the murderer or the kidnapper, sorry, that they were looking for is the police chief, but it's the police chief having gone to an asylum, had a sex change, and then kidnapped the um, the Miami Dolphin Dan Marino and um, also the actual dolphin of the Miami Dolphins. And um, yeah, the conclusion of the movie is basically um, finding out that, yeah, this person is a, a trans, it's a trans woman. Yeah. And, um, but, okay, at one point in time, Jim Carrey hooks up with this person, they kiss. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey finds out that this person was was a, was a man. Yeah. And um, well, yeah. So the idea is that she's had top surgery. Yes. Right. Is that what that's called? I'm, I want to be very respectful as much as possible. So she's yeah, she's had top surgery. So uh, that she still has a penis, and he discovers the penis, and then there's a lot of on-site vomit gags. Yes. Um, and this, I think. I think this is the other thing just to like wind back a bit is because you, you touched on it is the plot is that um, before transitioning, she was this quarterback. No, she was the kicker. She was the kicker for, for the Dolphins yeah. and uh, fluffed it because of this guy putting the, the ball the wrong way around. I know less about football, I think, than I do about top yeah. surgery. But um, what I like is that so then this person goes to an asylum for the criminally insane. Yeah. And that's where she gets top surgery. Like how many sort of, I think, I think it's, it's almost like gained this level of parody now where it's like, now I think more people are aware of how hard that is to do and how many hoops you've got to jump through just to get in the room to be interviewed for the surgery. And in like 1992, they're just like, yeah, "Yeah, we'll just hand them out. Also, I think this is, First, there's two things that I like took from that. The first thing is that like when Jim Carrey hooks up with her for the first, and he finds out that she used to be a man, the level of shame and disgust that he exhibits goes so far that I wonder, is like, man, is this guy in on this joke? <laughs> yeah, is this like a parody of like that kind of talk? Because he like he scrubs his tongue, he burns his clothes theatrically, and he. Takes off all of his clothes. He takes his toilet plunger <laughs> to use on his mouth. He sits in the shower. I was like, "This is he in on this? Like, it sounds like he's in on this. It's like yeah. they're making fun of it because it goes that far. And the secondly, I think it's actually like early I'll come forward. I think this is the really woke moment is the um, treatment of um, CTE. CTE. of um concussion syndrome oh, yeah. within the nfl yeah. where this entire this haven for the criminally insane is filled with ex-football players <laughs> whose brains have been turned into oats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, and the doctor's like we have actually have a lot of i was like i can't believe with the amount of money that the nfl has spent yeah. trying to um not pay out and trying to um, deny the long-term effects yeah, of yeah. concussion that this is just in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the... I mean, somewhere, somewhere, this, like, asylum for the criminal saying that it's packed full of, like, high-profile football players. The head doctor is like, no, we can't do therapy today. I've got another top surgery. It's 1992, you fucking Neanderthal. 
it's like this weird uh criminally insane asylum that uh moonlights in uh it's like loki the like the wokest criminally insane asylum yeah like, yeah, like will smith is there saying i've got a concussion <laughs> i've got a concussion <laughs> um but yeah it was it's so zany man and, and i uh, depending on your mileage for these kind of things I wouldn't recommend watching it anytime soon. But um, I had a little bit of fun. I, I wouldn't say I had a lot of fun. I had a little bit of fun. If you look throughout the 90s, there's loads of these kinds of movies, which are basically just throwaway SNL sketches mm-hmm. that someone turned into an entire movie. Yeah. Um, I would argue that like the latter half of um, uh, Adam Sanders, that kind yeah. of the, the basis of that kind of stuff yeah. is that kind of thing. Um, they did it with uh, A Night at the Roxbury. They did it with um, Tommy Boy. Pootie Tang. Uh, Pootie Tang. Like, it's a, it, it, there is a thing where it's like, basically, this is probably just a five to ten minute sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they stretch it out. The, okay, right. Because are you familiar, you're familiar with the old uh, Save the Cat screenwriting yeah. technique, right? And just for anyone listening, the Save the Cat is if there's... Yeah, to get somebody on side with the hero, they have to do something like virtuous in the you know in the in in Act One in Scene One that makes us like like them without seeming. And the the thing that I felt for um, Ace Ventura's character is he's just trying to make rent, right? He loves animals, mm-hmm. and his his big drive is that he's behind on on the rent. But what it looks like from the first film, because the, the sort of the cold open of the movie is him rescuing this puppy that's mm-hmm. been kidnapped. And giving it back to the owner, who is this beautiful woman, who immediately just blows him yeah. straight away. And he asked for the reward. She said, "How is that? How can I ever repay you?" And he says, "A reward would be nice." And then she goes, "Should I just take your pants off?" And then you know, gives him this like Olympic level blowjob yeah. of him just swinging around the room. And I feel like the unsung thing here is that he's actually just trying to get paid, but he's so attractive women just objectify because everybody he never gets paid he never gets paid he um there's a a lovely little b plot where hey where um he's trying to get this rare bird but at the end he doesn't get it um hilariously also he is he um, he just fucks um (laughs) (laughs) his ventura just fucks man he is crushing it but okay we're not actually technically here for um ace ventura pet detective we're here for a different film a film called gunman now sam do you wanna we just actually finished watching it i should Mm -hmm. say we just finished watching gunman so it's fresh in our memory can you gun to the head gunman to the head tell me what happens in gunman give us the basic uh premise of this joint gunman follows christopher lambert um who is in prison uh, after him and his brother were arrested for stealing... Well, after he was arrested for him and his brother pulling a joint heist of stealing $400 million cash. Okay. Right? Film opens with Christopher Lambert getting broken out of prison. Patrick Stewart is the mob boss trying to get his 400 mil back with henchman Dennis Leary, who is actually doing the grunt work, 
Meanwhile, Mario Van Peebles working for the DEA, but I don't believe in any official capacity other no. than his mates with the head of the DEA. And th the film is basically Mario Van Peebles trying to catch this drug kingpin, Christopher Lambert trying to get his $400 million back. The brother is dead at the beginning of the film. And it's a body movie. It's a, uh, it's just a body movie of yeah. them going on this adventure. Uh, Dennis Leary works for Patrick Stewart and, um, he is tasked with getting this money back. Uh, everyone's obviously hunting the brother of the guy who stole the money, who is Christopher Lambert. And um, there we go. So both people want Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert wants to get, knows the name of the boat. Am I correct? No, Christopher Lambert doesn't know the name of the boat. He knows. Oh, sorry. Let's start again. Sorry. Right. There is a boat. Yeah. There is a boat. The money, the $400 million is on a boat. Cash, cash money, and in a, a frankly insane amount of money. But just let's talk about the tone of this movie because there's um, so you know they're both there's two camps. There's Dennis Leary, um, Patrick Stewart, um, a and very uh, beautiful young Michelle Pfeiffer slash Charlize Tron looking lady yeah. Yeah, yeah, who um, looks like Android Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, the the girl Android from the girl Android. Dragon Ball. Is that eighteen? Don't write in. We don't <laughs> don't write into Oscars because we're not gonna care. But um, they are hunting the money on the one side, and on the other side is Christopher Lambert and Mario Van Peebles, who form a very unlikely Bruce Willis Samuel L. Jackson style uh, kind of buddy cop duo. Yeah. And this is where I think. Okay, and here's the other thing. I'm gonna say this is like a, a record breaker for me on this podcast this is the first time i have actually enjoyed the b movie significantly more than the blockbuster and the reason be like there's a bunch of things about the unit but like normally in a buddy movie there has to be some racial tension for the statement to be made normally right normally. like bruce willis samuel jackson die hard three the whole thing is race in la white men can't jump which we did last week the whole thing is woody harrelson's like white insecurity in this black world of basketball hustling right but this was like there was between them there was never anything to do with race and they didn't really butt heads that much mario van peebles was very annoyed most of the time because he's trying to get a job done mm. i think this was my favorite moment in the movie there's a scene where they are both they've been at each other's throats but they're, they're being chased by Dennis Leary, the bit where they jump off the cliff mm. and they fall down like 16 waterfalls. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the, before this, the point is Christopher Lambert has stolen Mary Van Peebles' gun and now Peebles is the hostage and Lambert is the hostage taker. They yeah. keep switching over who's, yeah. who, like, who's got the like power dynamic. They land in the thing and they're like, let's walk. And uh, Lambert's lost the gun in the waterfall. Peebles is really annoyed and he's like, Man, I want an apology. Like, I would, at least an apology. And Christopher, like, I apologize. I'm sorry. And I'm like, it's so genuine that he's like, I'm really sorry. I lost your. Like, I know we're in this like life or death situation, but like, my bad. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Um, Christopher Lambert plays a very weird character. Christopher Lambert scans as like this, uh, yeah, this weird Werner Herzog style German person, who um, also we find uh, eventually has not learned how to read, mm -hmm. which um, that's a top line item for yeah. me i feel like that is important enough yeah. that in the movie goes out of its way to point out that this is modern day yeah, yeah, yeah. that this is current day times it is 1993 they have a 
title card at the bottom of one of the things yeah, to yeah. point this out. Um, it is fucking nuts <laughs> that someone can't read yeah, yeah, a yeah. German person who presumably made his way to well, yeah. <laughs> made his way there somehow to South America, a, a fictional South American country, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, yeah. So it's actually in Cape Verde. Is there a Boa Vista in South America? Or? Maybe. It's not clear. The, the point is, yeah, it's a, it's a city in Brazil. The point is, um, he made it all the way there mm. and he cannot read. Or what's the alternative? What's that? Well, yeah. The alternative that he's a Nazi, right? <laughs> of course. The I alternative is that he's, a, that he's a secret Nazi yeah. that escaped to South America. His family it comes yeah. to a secret Nazi family. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's pretending not to be able to read because then when they show him his own crimes, he's like, no, no, I don't know. It's like the plot. It's basically the plot of the movie The Reader. But <laughs> just dragged all the way into... Um, current day South American uh, milieu. Yeah. This is very much reminds me of the movies of my youth. And there's a couple of things in there that I found interesting, um, chiefly among which the kind of weird cameos given to Big Daddy Kane, mm-hmm. Eric B and Rakim. Yeah. Um, bless his heart. Eric B looks, yeah. looks terrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My man has not paid the uh, 49.99 for the masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> some would say he didn't pay in full yeah, yeah. yes and, and they show up for no reason really yeah well so they play henchmen to uh, I've forgotten his name again Kadeem I can't Hardison mm. who uh, we also watched last week as Wesley Snipes best friend in um, White Man Can't Jump mm-hmm. the Your Mother's an Astronaut fellow and his whole role is pilot and Eric B and Rakim are just like and this is what I loved about it is that they go to this club twice in the movie and we obviously react, we saw Big Daddy Kane rapping we obviously like reacted when he was on screen and then cut to Peebles having this meeting with this pilot and Eric B and Rakim is his henchman but then a shot later Rakim's on stage also rapping but they play themselves so yeah. in the universe of gunmen um Eric B and Rakim have left the safety of New York New yeah. York, right? The New York rappers. Yeah. yeah Rakim's yeah, New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. They leave the safety of the east coast of America. And they also moonlight as um, Nas Escobar style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they moonlight as henchmen in mm-hmm. a um, what looks like a uh, Brazilian expat bar. <laughs> um, they are down there and they're just doing their thing. They're just doing Eric B. Uh, DJing. Rakim just rapping. Um, presumably flying up on the weekends to... Yeah, well, so that's the thing, right? It feels like part of the movie is like, obviously Eric B and Rakim were huge in the 80s and very, very early 90s. Yeah. And then, you know, 93, 92, 93, you got Wu-Tang and then this new sound comes along in the East Coast hip-hop and it feels like part of the film is like... This is what happened to these guys after yeah, you stop li- after you start listening to that new shit. <laughs> what do you think about Dennis Leary's character? Dennis Leary's character is um, pretty nuts. So towards the, the, as we transition into the third act of the movie, Dennis Leary is working for Patrick Stewart, and now Dennis Leary started lying to Patrick Stewart, saying that Chris Lambert's dead and there's no way of catching this, getting this money. So uh, and Patrick Stewart is in a wheelchair. 
and he's got all of his henchmen. And there's just this that there was just that one bit where it's like, oh, this is the um, mutiny. Dennis Leary's taking over and he's buying out Patrick Stewart's guys, and he's like, what are you gonna do? You crippled piece of shit. <laughs> and it's like That's... that was so funny though. <laughs> it was so much over top where I was like, I think Dennis Leary just riffed that for sure. Because let's be also let's be clear, Patrick Stewart's performance is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, in so much as he plays again, he plays this South American drug lord. Um, he is disabled. Yes, gets carried from man. By the way, his fucking uh, wheelchair is dope. Yeah. Fantastic, look great. But he gets carried from one to one, and um, yeah, at that scene, I, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. When he when Dennis Leary goes, "What are you gonna do, you crook piece of shit?" And he throws uh, Patrick Stewart into a grave, into an open grave, and <laughs> and starts throwing, starts covering him in the open grave. Pathetic. Come on, come on. Over. Fat, fat. You learn everything from me. One last lesson. Look at me. Look at me. You're looking at yourself! <laughs> oh, God! Our Father, we die in heaven. Allah be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, oh shit! And Patrick Stewart goes, oh God! <laughs> Okay, wait. We just have to go through this bit by bit because Patrick Stewart goes in and he's like, you learned everything from me? Oh, God. He keeps, like, reacting to it like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> and then he tries to do the Lord's Prayer and he's like, yeah. our Father who are... Oh, shit. Oh, you keep forgetting it? <laughs> oh, Lord, who... Uh, uh, uh. Fuck! Oh, <laughs> oh God, man, that is in a that was like Walker Texas Rangers level of uh, cheese. Yeah, yeah. That I was seeing there. This film, I think, is worth watching just for this. I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable, Sam, saying that it's worth watching. Right. I don't know this. I think there's such a big. Well, basically, like Dennis Leary. Android 17 and Patrick Stewart are in different movies mm-hmm. to um, to Mario Van Peebles and uh, Christopher Lambert because they are like zany like like they're cracking wise right yeah wait to Dennis Leary sorry what did I say you said uh, Lambert alright so I've look I've had a couple of beers never uh, never talk to me if you if you hear me on the podcast being drunk um, <laughs> but the point is yeah, these the, the, these two sets of characters are on 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 very different journeys, yeah. and whenever they have to interact, it's weird. Um, for example, Dennis Leary uh, after they capture after um, uh, Christopher Lambert and uh, Van Peebles are at this uh, Brazilian expat bar, mm. he uh, they come out and they get captured by Dennis Leary and Android Seventeen. Yeah, and um, the reason is obviously that Christopher Lambert knows. The, the, ostensibly they'll know where the boat is with the 400 million on it and in doing so Dennis Leary um, uh, gives us basically Mario Van Peebles' um, oh, his whole backstory is like your dad was a cop 
and then your dad died so you're gonna die. i was like well why are you why are you saying this to us we didn't need any of this yeah and also then when when in the kind of the climax of the movie when dennis leary and maryland peoples get into a fight um uh, dennis leary stomps on van peoples yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Dennis Leary says something like, "You know what I feel like? <laughs> a member of the NAPD. You crippled piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, "This is such an odd. This is uh, these don't work." And also, that's yeah, that's a really strange thing. A very very uh, woke and pertinent at yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. but weird. Spoiler alert! I think that also yeah, I think that has to be the weirdly woke moment for gunmen because <laughs> there wasn't much else. Apart from the fact that is what's interesting, is that it's the first it's the first buddy movie I've seen where the racism only comes from the bad guy and not the white guy who's also supposed to be a hero, and it's the th- it's always been my problem with buddy movies is that I always I always go, obviously I'm white and I always go I don't understand how you're being so racist to your this your black friend and they're just like yeah okay. Um. Yeah, there was uh, one more other thing that like that stood out to me from Gunman. There was a, another funny scene. Was uh, Christopher Lambert has um, just come out of jail? Christopher Lambert has sex for the first time uh, since he's been in jail. It's a very serious scene. Let's bring it down for a minute. Um, he uh, has sex with this woman, who is look. I don't know how else to say that. She is going to town on my man's dick she is um also it's not clear if christopher lambert enjoys it yeah um he's at one point he might have but he does get to a point where he's like are you guys seeing this like this is i swear he was gonna turn to the camera and be like "Uh huh." (laughs) yeah because she fucking goes to town and she is dripping in sweat Mm, it was apocalyptic it was wild i'd never seen anything like it um and then Mario Van Peebles on some weird, uh, you know, some weird, you know, cuckle porn shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was under the bed. Yeah. <laughs> and he brings up the gun to Lambert's head. And I was like, so you, you waited until everyone finished. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so polite and immoral as an investigation. It's that, that, it's that thing of like, well, I mean, if they're going to do it, let them do it. Let them do it. But also, I'm pretty sure, and this is why, I mean, I guess, yeah, he must be like a hitman, wet worker guy, because I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to use crime to stop crime. Yes. I, look, I'm saying yes now. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But furthermore, what else did you want to say about um, uh, the great uh, gunman? Uh, well, let's go back to Android 17, right? This, this androgynous... Um, female henchman to Dennis Leary's character and her uh, her very like Danny Trejo, Donny, Johnny 23 overtly sexual attitude of like um, Christopher Lambert has been again captured by Dennis Leary, the whole gang and this lady who is this badass like I shoot everybody in the fucking movie and uh, one of the guys is like <laughs> tell us where the boat is and Christopher Lambert's like fuck you and then she goes that's my job <laughs> and it's like wait what to fuck the extra do you fuck everyone like, the- this is weird and then and then as soon as that stops she's like I wish I could sh- fuck you and show you a good time before you die and it's like this 
like is that a proposition that's super weird and then again and then they've got him down on his knees and it's like you like to use your mouth now blow me and she just puts her gun in his mouth (laughs) and then Um, (laughs) sorry we also have to go back and there's one more thing that i have to bring up but it's just like this it's like she's in it for sex puns just like she's in this career yeah it's it's like before this she like she was a receptionist like dental practice and, and people walking in is like can I get my teeth can I fuck you and they were like Sandra you have to stop but like making people really uncomfortable I want to fuck you in the mouth with your teeth and it's like okay have you ever thought about maybe like mercenary stuff yeah I can fuck everybody there yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna come out here I'm gonna say this is an interesting thing that I've not seen in movies before usually when people can't read in a movie that's an Oscar contender. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a Daniel Day-Lewis movie, Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never learned how to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like in the Oscar montage, smash cut to them sitting in the audience, like applauding, <laughs> applauding their uh, best supporting actor nomination. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like the movie, again, like the movie The Reader. Yeah. Where that's the central tenement of it is that like, you know, she's too embarrassed or too afraid to say that she can't read. Yeah. Well, that's normally the thing, right? Is that it's supposed to come with some element of shame for the yeah. character as to why they've kept it a secret. But he almost hasn't even thought about it. He's like, yeah, I can't read. Who needs oh, words? <laughs> fuck words. I've wasted my life. <laughs> like, it's just... Um, it's hilarious. Um, should we move on to categories? Because I think we've been going to Let's go. So... So expensive that theme song. Categories. Um, in a world. <laughs> um, categories. So the first category that we usually have is the weirdly woke moment, right? Um, actually, it's the instant cancellation. But for all intents and purposes, the category that's the foremost in my mind at the moment is the weirdly woke moment. And for me, the weirdly work moment is, and we, it's a little bit of a few, we've mentioned some, but for me, it's in Gunman, yeah. where um, the, uh, what's her name? Uh, Android 17. Yeah. She has to, the whole time there's a silent uh, dude with long hair, uh, South American dude, I think. And that, it turns out it's her lover. Yeah. He, he keeps her like an energy kind of akin to... Um, a, a Native American person from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Doesn't say anything. Just yeah, a real yeah. tall uh, ethnic person for the purposes of the movie. And um, she has to kill him because he's betrayed them somehow. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure how. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she has to kill him mm-hmm. and she starts crying. Oh, yeah. He told... Patrick Stewart that Dennis Leary was lying about Christopher Lambert being dead. There we go. All right. Yeah. So, thank you, Sam. Um, but she kills him. She shoots him. And then she starts crying. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that's really woke. Because this is what we're doing here. This is different um, depictions of femininity. She is a scumbag enough to kill her partner in cold blood and yeah. be a mercenary and be make weird sex jokes. Yeah. But she's also, you know, she's a lady and she's not afraid to um, show tears, yeah. show a bit of uh, vulnerability yeah, yeah, yeah. in the face of um, of having to kill her partner. You know, get you a girl who can do both, <laughs> who can, you know, get you a lady who can uh, kill you uh, viciously 
Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot you in the stomach, but also, you know, he's not afraid to uh, put a lipstick on. Yeah, to be a bit vulnerable and be yeah. like, he had to die, but I loved him. Oh, of course. Next scene, was she in a very serious, was she watching Love Actually um, <laughs> with her friend? Did you phone up a friend and go, oh, you never know. Guess what I had to do? I had to shoot uh, Pablo in cold blood. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. like, oh, girl, come over, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get together. We'll do whatever girls do during this time. Um, yeah, yeah. I had to I had to brush over that because like I was like I'm moving into a cul-de-sac here like I need to, <laughs> oh, yeah. I need to like pull up the nose yeah. before I go um, before I go all the way into the water but like that's my weirdy work moment right right it also leads to another great Dennis Leary moment where she's crying in the helicopter and Dennis Leary goes what are you crying over your boyfriend who sold us out your boyfriend was a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> the moment he's died it's like she's done it <laughs> it's, it's, I mean it's yeah. It's it's like it's like showing up on time for work and your boss coming in and being like, "Are you fucking on time, mate? Your train's a piece of shit." And you're like, oh, "I showed up, man." Oh, shouts to Dennis Leary. What's your weirdy work moment? Mine has to be. It, you you called it when we watched the film, and I just don't think there's anything better. It has to be Dennis Leary uh, beating up Marion Van Peebles and saying, "You know what? I feel like a member of the LAPD because it's the thing of like." Dennis Leary is the bad, he is the main antagonist of the movie. He is the bad guy and he totally knows he's the bad guy. He's like, I'm, yeah, I'm a bad guy. And there's a thing he's like, but the LAPD are probably worse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like I'm like, it's yeah. and I'm like, it's for the character. It's like, uh, it's like a faux pas joke where it's like, I don't think your intent is actually racist. I think it's like a weird, like in in the lore of the movie, I think it's a weirdly racist joke considering what you're doing. But as a thing, I'm like, yeah, they are bad too. Yeah. You know? I think that uh, that 100% checks out. Yeah, yeah. Um, next uh, category is the instant cancellation. Now we're going to disqualify um, Ace Ventura's um, kind of third act climax just because it it's takes, so it, it sucks up a lot of air. Yeah. Um, in terms of this category so we're gonna tie a bow on that and accept that that is the most egregious thing that happens between these two movies mm-hmm. but if you had to come up with a different one um what would you come up with uh, there's a point where oh, actually another little shout out where they go to the party uh, the high class party mm-hmm. of the guy that Jim Carrey uh, Ace Ventura has suspects has stolen the dolphin and he hasn't but he's also the head vampire from Blade Yes. Uh, and I was yes, like, yes, yes. this guy again. And uh, after that, he, you know, all, he's like, he can't, he's looking, he has to look for the missing gemstone on the rings of all the NFL players and he can't find it. And he's like, that's his bottom. He's like depressed. Courtney Cox says, and he's acting out and Courtney just, Cox just goes, um, look, you're mad because you failed. And then he's like, you're mad because you're ugly. <laughs> and you're fat. And, yeah. And he, get out of here, fatty. And it's like, it's such... I think where the joke is supposed to be again I think it's supposed to be that like Ace Ventura is this cartoon of a man and he means it but it's like this weird I'm like it's it's just such an overreaction dude and it was just like yeah it's nuts Um, my instant cancellation actually goes back a little bit further earlier in Ace Ventura when he actually gets that dog back to the lady who then gives him a blowjob she should just pay him yeah, 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 yeah. So you should just give him his money. Yeah, yeah. This guy is clearly uh, did a service. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you really wanted to suck his dick, suck his dick. Uh, yeah. But also pay him the money 
the money for the job because that's how commerce works. That's how labor practices work. I wanted the very next scene to be Ace Ventura in small claims court, (laughs) just going up and being like, listen, here's the invoices for my hours and my time spent. And the photos of his smashed up car. Exactly. I risked my life, danger pay, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna, that's part of the job. Yeah, she did give me a blowjob. <laughs> yes, Your Honor. Yeah. Was it delicious? It was the best one I'd ever had. And she had me swinging off the rafters like yeah. George of the Jungle. Next category is Freaky Friday. So if you could swap characters in these two movies, mm-hmm. who would you swap? I'm going to start with Christopher Lambert, right. moving over to Ace Ventura, because he, let's be honest, he belongs in that movie mm. anyway. Um, he makes a lot of sense as a kind of a ego. I'm going to invent a new character for him as a kind of Igor to, <laughs> to Ace Ventura. Um, I want him in there and I want Ace Ventura abusing him <laughs> regularly, hitting him on the head. And Christopher Lamb is like, <laughs> find the dolphin. He said, <laughs> look, uh, Igor, bring me that book. Oh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, you know the Oscar Wilde <laughs> yeah. uh, boss I don't know how to read idiot why do I even keep you around piece of shit fucking hate you that's what I want to see last one we have is the um, genre, blender. genre blender so if you could tilt these two movies 10 degrees to the left turn them into a different kind of movie mm-hmm. what would you do Ace Ventura 10 degrees to the left. It's a serious... Uh, I'm seeing it as the people versus Larry Flint. All right, go on. So it's... Uh, I'm focusing on the transphobia. I'm doing it. Because if this film got released today, I feel like this would be the sort of like right-wing, like over-the-top anti-trans propaganda that was like, they're going to change your kids, right? And I feel like the whole thing would be Jim Carrey's it's like a really right-wing film of Jim Carrey's journey to like say the awful things he want in freedom of speech courts. Oh, okay. Do you see what I mean? I see where you go, yeah. And because all the cops are in on it too. I'm, it's like all these old, <laughs> it's all these old white yeah. dudes who are like, oh, gross change. Oh man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what could be a good genre blender for Gunman because I feel like Gunman is already like three different movies at once. It's already a, it's like a classic, um, uh, adventure movie mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like a, a commando uh, predator style like jungle action mm-hmm. movie as well but I think maybe what you want to do is you want to um, uh, narrow it down I am Sam style mm-hmm. uh, on Christopher Lambert his inability to read yeah um, follow his journey um, as a uh, secret Nazi Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, make it uncomfortable. So now you have to sympathize with this man who can't read, but who is also a fascist. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, as he is forced to um, get along with uh, Mario Van Peebles driving Miss Daisy style. <laughs> <laughs> it's Peebles. It's Peebles driving the car, teaching Christopher Lambert to read. Yeah, it's basically we're doing some green card stuff here. Um, Mario Van Peebles has to also cart uh, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Lambert across the jungle, um, uh, just enduring horrible, horrible uh, abuse, mm-hmm. um, secret 
uh, racist slights. And um, but he also yeah no he has to teach uh, uh, Lambert how to read and it's a it's a a a, a treatise on the uh, codependency of racism, yeah. how um, uh, we all stuck in this whole thing together, and man this movie I'm pitching right now is a million Oscars. Yeah, this is a million Oscars because it's everything that the Academy likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would take all, all the action and entertaining parts because that's not what they like. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all that. No ba- bangers. No bangers. No bangers. Yeah. Get rid of anything remotely entertaining in this movie. Make it about the the harrowing nature of um, racism and um, uh, illiteracy. <laughs> Make it about the racist illiterates. And, um, and in fact, if that if you do that, you will win Best Picture like two years in a row. Like they- <laughs> Like you win in ninety three and they'll be like, "There's no point." You win in ninety four as well. So uh, that's what I would do, genre blender. Sweet. I think that's it that we have. I think that's all that we have for you guys today. Um, Always remember, um, subscribe. Um, This movie was sent in by your friend Alex Debro, Debro, who is uh, who's got his last chance. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. Actually, it's been a fairly great shout. Um, uh, There's also some other people who've sent in reviews. Yeah. Um, But you haven't sent me a screenshot right um i don't know if you've received any screenshots you have you just haven't you just haven't told yeah 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 and i feel like we should leave this one as a surprise because i have a doozy to tell you about now off record all right so should i am i cutting all of this before this you can leave it in as like a tantalizing like oh my god like because i was just going to say because i saw a review on um on on apple which uh, of course heavily appreciate but the person was like, do I get a fucking choose the movie now? Huh? Huh? Well, tell me the, what was the username? Username was what, what, what? Yeah, but my point is this. Um, if it was you who do that, the answer is no. Because I don't know who you are. Yeah. Please um, look in the show notes uh, at Lincoln on the mic or at Sam J, at Sam J Golan on Instagram. Send one of us a screenshot of your review. And then, dude, or, or lady, whoever, happy, happy to do it. But we can't help you. You just leave it there and passive aggressively leave a review for us. We can't do much with that, but we do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, but I think that's all we have for you guys today. So um, yeah, remember, like, subscribe, keep tuning into B Plot. Peace. Stay safe.